Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com. You picked a great day to be here. Are you excited to be at church today? Man, 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 if I haven't met you, my name is Aaron Burke, and I just want to welcome one group. I know all of our location staff has already done it, but let me just say, if you're visiting for the first time, welcome. It's a big deal that you're at church today. We've been praying for you. We've been believing God that this is a day that'll change your life. And if you're church shopping, the church shopping's over, you found your home. Radiant, make our guests feel welcome at all of our locations today. We're going to stay standing for the reading of God's Word. We're uh, in a unique season. We're in between series. We like to preach in series here at Radiant Church. So we just finished a series on relationships. And so you got to hear all about love, sex, and marriage the last four weeks. And then we're going to take a couple weeks and just kind of have some standalone messages. We like to just take some time and just pause and go, God, what are you saying right now in this moment? And so you're going to hear kind of a now word from God today. Are y'all okay with that? Like just a fresh word from God just for this Sunday. And then we'll have the same thing next Sunday. Then we'll dive into another little series, getting ready for Easter. And I'm, I'm really excited about the message today. Uh, it's going to be from the book of Nehemiah. And if you, uh, if you don't know what Nehemiah is, it's a book in the Old Testament that gives a story about a guy named Nehemiah who was commissioned by God to go and rebuild the walls in Jerusalem. Jerusalem had been destroyed. I'll give you a little more of a breakdown. And um, it had been destroyed for over 100 years. And God raises up this guy, Nehemiah, to go and, and to complete and build these walls. And so there's a lot of issues, a lot of obstacles on the way towards it. But we get to the very end, and he's close to the breakthrough. He's close to the victory. And we get to Nehemiah chapter 6, and I want you to see it. It says, when word came to Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of the enemies that I had rebuilt the wall. How many know that there are some enemies that don't want you to finish what God has called you to do? There, there's some opposition. So word had got to these guys that he was about to finish this thing. Not a gap was left in it. Though up to this time, I had not set the doors in place. So he still had some work to do. And I want your attention for just a little bit. There's still work for you to do. There's still a calling on your life. There's still something that God has in store for you. You're not, you haven't arrived yet. And he says it like this. So Sanballat and Geshem sent me this message. Come on. Let's go meet together. Let's go down to South Howard. That would be the new Tampa translation. Just, just throwing that out there right there. Some of y'all, it's too real for y'all. He goes, let's go together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. Now, here's what, some encouragement for you. Listen, if, if, if your past life or your enemies come and try to pull you to Ono, you know what you need to say to them? Say, oh, no. Come on, give me a big oh, no today in church. Oh, no. You need to say, oh, no. Oh, no. no. You don't need to be there. He says, but they were scheming to harm me, so I sent messages to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project. Look at that word right there. I'm carrying on a pr- great project, and I cannot go down. Why should this work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me the same message. The enemy is consistent about taking you out. We need to have as much determination about our purpose as the enemy has at destroying it. He says, and each time I gave them the same answer, same answer. Here's the word that God gave me today. For somebody's life, it's a simple title. It just simply means this, don't stop now. Don't stop now. Don't stop now. I want you to say those words out loud. Don't stop now. 
Let's stop now. Lord, speak to us over the next few minutes we have together. Challenge us, Lord, as we hear your word, that we would hear it with clarity and we'd leave here forever changed. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. You can write it down there in your message notes today. Don't stop now. Don't stop now. I don't know if you're like me, but anytime I get like a drive to do something big with my life, like, like the, the enemy comes, the obstacle comes, the distractions come. I don't know if you've ever done a diet in your life, but as soon as you get, a, you get on, on the mission to do the diet, what happens? You get an alert on your phone that Dunkin' Donuts has got a sale going on. It's always, there's obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. We always got this. Um, now, I, I made a mind about a year and a half ago that I would accomplish something big at my house that I've been wanting to accomplish, which our house is this two-story house, and uh, the roof is really steep. And so, but the problem with it is, is these leaves get caught in the top of the roof. So I determined, I said, I said, Katie, I'm going to be the man of the house today, and I'm going to go up, and I'm going to go on top of our roof. Now, here's the problem with that is I am deathly afraid of heights. Is there anybody else like you're afraid of heights? You're my people. I don't know what God was doing, making me six foot three. Like he's got jokes in this because I don't do ladders. I don't do anything. And I had, I'm determined that I was going to accomplish this, this task, this moment where I got on the roof. So I, 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 I got out of my, the only way to get there is that the, my kid's uh, rooms on the, the second floor. So you have to go out the, the window. So I'm there, I'm like getting out this thing, and all I can see is down. I'm like, this is going to be in the news tomorrow. Pastor falls off the roof. It's over. And so I'm like hanging on with dear life. And my kids don't understand how big of a deal this is because I'm deathly afraid of heights. I'm doing like the, the you know, the, the guys where they're, what is it called, free solo? Like they're like holding on with dear life on the cliff. That's what I'm doing on our siding. I'm just holding on with dear life. My whole life is up there. And so I've got a broom in one hand. I'm holding on with the other hand. I'm determined to get this done. And all of a sudden, all my kids become very interested in just showing me every important thing they've ever wanted to show me in their life. It's this moment. It's like, hey, Dad, look at me. I'm riding my bike for amazing. And my other kids are coming out. Oh, I got this picture I want to show you. It's something happens whenever you make a decision that I'm going to do something, distractions come. Things happen. I had to look at my kids nicely, just like, like Nehemiah and go, I can't come down right now. I, I'm on assignment right now. And I've come to encourage some people across Tampa Bay that feel like, man, I was doing so good at the start of this year. I was focused. I was making it happen. And then stuff came up. And here's why stuff starts to come up. Because if the enemy can't destroy you, he will distract you. Wow. He will distract you. And he's got a lot of people distracted right now on all these random things they're going for. And I've come to put you back on assignment and go, no, God's got a great work for your life today. And it's time for you to get focused again. It's time for you to get focused again. Now, we live in a distracted generation. We're always, we're always going to go for the next thing. And we kind of make fun of people today while they're driving. We're like, can you all believe these distracted drivers these days? And they're looking at their phones and, and they're, they're playing with, you know, everything while they're driving. But let me tell you, that's not new. That's not new. Hey, if you're, if you're under 20 and your parents are always saying, oh, you guys are all distracted. We weren't distracted. Let me tell you, they're lying to you. They're lying to you. I remember what it was like growing up in the 90s and the 80s. Let me tell you, this was our distracted drivers. I, I think I got a picture of Come on, how many remember this one right here? You're flipping through pages of CDs, right? You're just like, oh, man, I'm going to fight while you're trying to drive. It, we've always been distracted people. This is always what happens in our life. We, we get a determination that we're going to do something great. 
and distraction comes. And that's the story of our guy, Nehemiah. Let me give you a little background. At 586 BC, this is about 600 years before Jesus comes, the country of Israel, it's kind of thriving. It's doing what, what it was supposed to be doing. It's God's people. But then they became disobedient to God. And when they became disobedient, the protection of God was removed off of the country. And Babylon, this empire, comes in and destroys all of Jerusalem. Destroys the temple, destroys the, the infrastructure, and the people go into what's called the Babylonian exile. This is like factual history right here. So they go into exile all over the world. As they're in exile for hundreds of years, eventually a guy is raised up by the name of Cyrus. He's another king of Persia, and Cyrus then goes in and destroys the Babylonians. So while they're destroyed, Cyrus goes, hey, if you're one of the Jewish people, you can now go back to Jerusalem. Well, the city had been destroyed for over 100 years. And as it had been destroyed over 100 years, one of the things that was most pivotal that was destroyed is the walls surrounding the cities. Walls would protect the cities. So people would try to come in, and they would try to save the city. But if they didn't build the walls first, then the city would be destroyed by the next invader. So they tried time and time and time again until this guy named Nehemiah steps up. And what I love about Nehemiah, I want you to get this, is Nehemiah is not a church leader. He's not an Old Testament prophet. He's not some great business leader. He's not even a politician. Nehemiah is your average guy who gets a word from God and is obedient to God and ends up changing the world. Let me encourage somebody in here today, and you feel like you go, well, I'm just the average Joe. I don't have anything going for me. Let me say, if God calls you, he can anoint you, and you can do something great for the kingdom of God. You can do something awesome. So, so this is Nehemiah. Nehemiah goes, and we see in Nehemiah chapter 3, we see him starting to try to rebuild the wall. He gets a team together. By the way, if you're a leader, it's one of the best leadership books out there. He gets a team together and starts building. But what's interesting about Nehemiah is that the miracle doesn't happen immediately. Now let me help somebody in here today because some of you are praying for an immediate miracle. But what I've learned about God is God many times doesn't move immediately. He moves incrementally in our life. So you're wanting something to happen today, but really God makes things happen daily in your life. And I see this in the life of Nehemiah. It wasn't God that he got there and he prayed and said, God, build this wall. And then the wall appeared. You know what Nehemiah had to do? He had to lay some bricks. Some of you guys, you're waiting for the wall to be built, and God's telling you today, lay some bricks. Start being obedient daily. Start doing what God's called you to do everything your day. And watch how when you do your part, combined with God's big part, you'll see the miracle come to pass in your life. Can I hear a better amen today, church? So he starts building this, and he's seeing progress after progress after progress. And here's the problem with progress is we get frustrated with progress. Because progress doesn't mean perfection. And some of you guys are waiting for perfection before you say the miracle's done. And God's saying, no, 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 look at the progress. Can I encourage somebody in here today? You're not going to ever be perfect until you get to heaven. Okay? So you, you don't look for perfection in your life. Look for progress in your life. And let me encourage some people. Let me say it this way. Let me tell you, you're better than you were a year ago. You're better than you were five years ago. You've gotten better than you were 10 years ago. Thank God you're not where you used to be. You might not be where you want to be, but I'm thankful I'm not where I used to be. Can I hear an amen today, church? So he's starting to get a little progress. Starting to see some stuff happen. But as starts, stuff are starting to happen, opposition comes. And I don't know if you're like me, but it seems like as soon as I get close to a breakthrough, 
opposition arrives. Why? You know why? Because the enemy knows how close you are to the victory. So what is he going to do? He's going to try everything possible to start, to stop it. It's the bad diagnosis. It's the financial setback. It's the war within your mind. It's the, the relationships start getting rocky. Things start happening. You start to feel under attack. Why is this? Why is this? Because the enemy does not want you to win. It's how some of y'all feel right now. And that's what Nehemiah starts dealing with. Chapter 5, chapter 6, what is he doing? He's under attack after attack. But let me encourage you. Opposition doesn't mean that you're going the wrong way. Opposition many times is the way that you should go. Because when you feel the opposition, it means, man, there's probably victory on the other side of this. So he's dealing with some opposition and some guys come up and go, hey, come on, we got a word for you. You want to go hang out and, oh no, let's go do this thing. And he has to make a decision to say, I'm not going to stop what God has told me to do. And it's just a simple encouragement for somebody in here. Don't stop now. What God has called you to do this year. What God has called over your family. That calling in your life right now. So let me give you some lessons from the story of Nehemiah in chapter 6. That will help you to not stop. To keep going towards what God has for you. Number one, write it down this way. Is that you got to remember you have a great calling. Did you see what Nehemiah says? When the people attacked him, they had to tell him and say, hey, Come and hang out with us. Come do this thing. And Nehemiah responds with, hey, I am carrying on a great project. Now, we have to understand this. This is Nehemiah, subtle brag on himself right here. Hey, let me tell you, you guys, you guys, y'all are insignificant. Because my job is a great job. I've got a great calling on my life. I love this about Nehemiah. I love the fact that he's got the confidence in the fact that I've got a calling from God that is something so great. And I wonder if you have that same kind of confidence. I wonder if you've lost the excitement of what God's called you to do with your life. Because here's normally what happens. Here's normally what happens is you get the call, you experience the miracle... You keep the miracle around for a little bit. You stay in the calling for a little bit. The calling becomes average or the miracle becomes average for you. Eventually, the calling has some problems. And eventually, now the problem is an inconvenience that you're praying for God to deliver you from. It was the very miracle that he gave you in the first place. I wrote it down this way. Over time, we are prone to start treating which was once a miracle as something that is mundane. And we see this in every year of my life. We, I remember when I had my first child. I have five now. And I remember my first one, who's now nine. I remember when she's born. I mean, you just hold that baby and you're like, wow, I made this. I created this thing. What a miracle. Like, I remember we'd go and Katie and I would, would, would walk into her little crib at night and, and we'd just look at her and we're like, oh, she's still breathing. Wow. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. And then we had our second child. It was, it, was, it was a miracle. It was amazing. It was awesome. But it wasn't quite as like, wow, like she's still breathing. We just kind of expected it, right? And then the third one. And then the fourth one. And the fifth one, I haven't been to her room one time since she's been born. We'll get connected later. Like, it would be awesome. You have to remember it's a miracle. You don't, don't treat it lightly. Remember it's a miracle that you're part of. The marriage you're in. You got to remember, that's a miracle. I prayed for this thing. I got to remind Katie all the time, I'm a miracle. I'm part of her miracle. 
I'm like, Adam, don't treat it as mundane. It's a big deal. And whenever you start to treat it as common, here's what you'll do. You'll treat it lightly, and you won't favor it, and you won't protect it, and you won't value it. But let me remind you what God's called you to do is so great with your life. It's so big. Look what he says in 1 Peter. He says, but you, you radiant church, you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And then he goes and tells us, he says, once you were not a people. Look at that verse right there. He's like, remember where you came from. Some of you guys, you've been saved for so long, you forgot what it's like to not be saved anymore. So you forget, man, I was messed up in my sin and darkness. And God said to remind you, hey, remember, remember it was not always as good as it is right now. He says, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Don't ever undervalue yourself. You're part of the people of God. He says, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Can we just take about five seconds and give God some praise for the fact of what he's done in our life? We've got a unique assignment, a special assignment. I've got something big in store for my life. And you got to remember that. Here's why. Because most people stop what they are doing because they forget why they're doing it. And you forgot. Man, what you're doing is so big. I'm not here to raise up kids. I'm here to raise up warriors for the kingdom of God. Remember why you're doing it. I'm not here just to attend church. We're here to advance God's kingdom. I remember why I'm doing it. I don't just give some money to the church. I honor God with my first. I remember why I'm doing it. And if I, don't for, if I forget why I'm doing it, I'll stop what I'm doing. But I'll continue doing what I'm doing if I'm always remembering why, 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 why. Why? Because I have a great calling. I am not here to do some average stuff with my life. I've got something supernatural that God's pointed out to me. You are a Nehemiah. Can I hear an amen today, church? got to remember you got a great calling. Here's the second one. Ready? I love this about Nehemiah because number two is now you got to recognize that you have limits. So I've got a great calling, but I've also got to recognize I've got some limits. Look what he says. He says, I am carrying on a great project. I love that. And I cannot go down. Notice he didn't say, he's like, I'll find some time eventually to come down. What did he say? He goes, I know my limits. And my limits are, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Some of you guys need to learn the magical word. Okay, I'm going to help you guys at church today. This word will set you free from so much. Ready? No. All right, let's try it together. All right, this is going to be therapy for some of y'all at church today. Ready? Let's say it on the count of three. Ready? No. Right? Oh, I didn't even count to three, right? There you go. Let's do it. One, two, three. There you go. You got to learn how to say no. Because there's so many things pulling at your life. And you think, because you have a great calling, guess what you think? <laughs> I can do anything. But what I've realized is that I can be anointed for one thing, but that doesn't mean that anointing for that one thing will carry over to give me a grace for another thing in my life. Yeah. Let me say it this way. You have a grace to do everything God has called you to do with your life. But if you feel drained and exhausted and worried and tired all the time, guess what? It's probably because you're trying to do things that are outside of God's will for your life. So you got to learn how to say no to some things. This is called self-awareness. Here's what self-awareness is. Ready? Self-awareness is the ability 
to see yourself clearly and objectively. So I'm going to help some people today. We're a faith community, and so it's tough in a faith community because some of you people think, I can do anything. No, God can do anything. You have limits. So you have a lot of limits. And you got to realize, man, what are those limits on my life? I, I remember the day, and, and my wife is here. She can tell you. I know the day I became self-aware. The day I became self-aware. And it was in the, after our friend, it's my first year of college. We were hanging out one day, and I went to go change my major in college. Now, why is that the day I became self-aware? Because you might not know this about your pastor, but years before, I had always thought I would be a, pa- a doctor. I'd always thought I would be a doctor. I would have been Dr. Aaron Burke, your physician. That would have killed so many innocent, just, just not even meaning it, just getting ADD, just like in the middle of surgery, like. I, it just wasn't what I was called to do. I took all the pre-med classes. I took microbiology and, and pre-calculus and did all this stuff. And I hated every bit of it. I had this idea that I could be a doctor. Now, let me tell you where this idea came from. This idea came because my parents lied to me. All right, now let me help some of you guys. Because some of you guys, have, you experienced the same lie. And here's the lie my parents told me. Aaron, you can do anything. You can do anything. Let me tell you the truth. Aaron Burke cannot do anything, everything. I cannot do everything. I, I, can't, I can't do everything that they want me to do. Uh, and here's why. I didn't realize that being a doctor is not like a wish and a hope. You have to have like a certain amount of grades. And with my GPS, GPS, GPA, I couldn't even <laughs> My GPA, you can't even get there. And then you have to like test scores that are like up here. Mine were not up there. And I had this moment. I, Katie and I were hanging out. This is, you know, we're like, I'm 19 years old. And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be a doctor. I just don't think I'm on that trajectory to do that. She's like, well, what are you going to do? I was like, well, I was going to be like a pastor and a doctor because then I could do like medical missions. But, well, I guess I'll just be a pastor. She's like, well, you need to pray about it or something? I'm like, no, I think I'm pretty wise in the fact that this is never going to happen with my life. She's like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, let's go down to the registrar's office. We went down there. I changed my major. That's how I'm the pastor of Radiant Church today. You can't, yeah, thank you. I couldn't be a pat doctor, so now I'm here, okay? You're stuck with me. <laughs> That's funny right there. The fact is, is you got to know that you have limits. And here's the problem. The problem is so many of us are saying yes to all these things in our life. And we think because God's got a, such a big call in our life that we can do everything. You can't do everything. That's why Paul says it this way. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Can I encourage you across all of our locations? What's the one thing you do? What's that one thing? Are you building that business God's called you to build? Is it the marriage he's got you in? Is it the kids he's got you raising? Is it the the life that he's got you in right now when you're in college? Figure out what your one thing to do. Forget what is behind and strain towards what is ahead. We need some Nehemiahs that when distractions come, they go, you know what, I, I, listen, hey, we can't go to, oh no, we're, gonna, we're not going there, we're staying focused on what God has for my life because we can't do everything, we have limits. Here's, here's what I want you to understand, your attention is a limited resource. It's a limited resource. That's why when you multitask, you're average at a lot of things. Because you cannot focus everything that you need to on one thing at a time and be successful on all these other things. So you've got to learn to go, okay, I'm going to put my attention on what really matters. So what is it for your life right now, Nehemiah? Focus on that and get it done. Number three, let's close it out with this one, is that you have to understand that you've got to resolve that you have to keep building. 
He understands, I've got a great calling. I've got something big that I'm going to do with my life. And then I also understand that I've got some limits on this, so I can't do everything else. I can't go hang out with everybody else that everybody's hanging out with. I can't do everything that everybody asked me to do. I've got to learn to focus on what I'm called to do. And then I've got to resolve that when opposition comes, when the temptation comes, when the, when the drive is there to go back to where I came from, I'm going to resolve, no, 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 my life, I'm going to keep building. Look what he says in Nehemiah. He says, why should the work stop while I, have, while I leave it and go down to you? That's kind of a harsh statement, isn't it? Like, why would I stop doing what's important to go hang out with some people that are not important? Yikes. But he understood that his resolve is, i got to keep building this thing. And four times they sent the same message. And you know what? The enemy's not going to attack you just one time. He's going to try to get you to stop again and again and again and again. And look what he did. And every single time I gave them the same answer. Why? Because you got to get some grit inside of you. I've got a great calling. I'm focused on that calling. I'm going to remove all these other things. Hey, and Pastor I'm going to keep Aaron, building. Hey, Pastor. I'm trying to, trying to preach a hey, message yeah, right uh, now. Sorry, Adam. Real quick, real quick. Um, I heard you're a big fan of CrossFit. Is that I true? I am. I like CrossFit. Okay, this well, is kind of an awkward conversation. Yeah, yeah real, real yep. quick. Um, a group of us are about to go do a CrossFit workout. And do you want to join us? Like right now? Yeah. Like, yeah, right now. Like Listen, Adam, man, that's tough because I really like to do that. But I have a great calling, and I am not going to focus on that. I can't come down right now. I am going to keep building what God has Pastor called Aaron, me to Pastor build Aaron, right Aaron, now. Hey, what's up? What's up? I'm, I'm, I was just in the student's room. Why were you in the student's room? Because there was a parent meeting oh, that good. we're waiting Quick for. Quick plug for our parent meeting. That's awesome. Okay. Hey, I've got to get back to this message. So but I know you're really competitive. I am competitive. I like and I know I can dominate you in ping pong. Nice. Just dominate. Harsh. harsh. Listen, you know I'm always in for good competition, and I could definitely destroy you. But I am carrying on a great calling, and I can't come down right now. I've, I've got to do what God's called me to do. I've got to keep building what's right in front of me right now. That's PA, what we have to PA, do. I know uh, you Suzanne, do CrossFit, but you also like pizza, uh, and you eat this after every service. Uh, Susanna, and I have some ready for you that. right now. Right now, we can have a pizza party. You down? Oh my gosh, you know I could come go for on. some good pizza it's right hot, now. It's hot. It's cheese. But the problem with it is is I've got a great calling right here. I'm a, I've got it. This is a big project, and, and I cannot go down. I've got to keep building what's right in front of me. You go, Aaron, that is a stupid illustration. The fact is, you guys get distracted with more things than that with what God's called you to do. You go to pray, and what happens? The alerts start going off on your phone. And you know what your response is? I've got a great calling right now go to that counseling, everything's distracting you from it. No, I've got a great calling. I cannot go down to where the enemy has. I cannot go back to that lifestyle. I've got to keep building. And some of you guys, you were determined to build at the beginning of this year. You were determined this year was going to be better for you. But let me just encourage you with this because discipline is the ability to stay committed to your assignment long after the feelings of excitement have left. And this is a discipline season 
where you say, you know what? I, I wish I felt it like I did in January in 21 days of prayer, but I don't feel it anymore. I'm sitting there going, Nehemiah, who cares about your feelings? You have a great calling. You have a lot of distractions, but you got to get focused and you cannot go down to where everybody else has for you. You've got to keep building. Can I hear a good amen today, church? And then let me give you some encouragement. He kept building. In verse 15, it's one of my favorite verses right there in the book of Nehemiah. So the wall was completed. It's completed. How long did it take to complete it? 52 days. 52 days. They had tried to build this wall, history tells us, for 72 years. What others couldn't do for 72 years, Nehemiah did it in 52 days. You know why? I have this crazy belief that Gershom and Sanballat or whatever their names were probably showed up the last few times. Probably showed up to the last few builders and said, hey, we're all going down to Ono. Do you want to go? And they went, oh yeah, woo! And the distractions or the, the slow progress or the, the enemy took them out. Let me tell you, your wall will be completed. Whatever that assignment is on your life, it will happen. Whatever that dream is that God put in you, it will come to pass. Those kids will love the Lord. You will find that spouse. You will walk in your destiny. You will walk in the favor of God. You will. If you don't stop now, you keep building, you keep staying focused, you keep doing what God has called you to do. And watch how God will make it happen. The difference between Nehemiah and everybody else is I think he just made a determination that I'm going to combine, and here's what it is, supernatural goals are only achieved when we partner our grit, that's what he did, I'm going to keep going, with God's grace. So listen, a lot of you guys are praying for God to build the wall. And God said, roll up your sleeves and get dirty. God's not going to build the wall for you. You got to pick up some bricks. But let me just also encourage some people in here that you've just been doing brick after brick after brick and you've been trying to lay and you've been trying to do it and you've been trying to work it and it's tough and it's tough and it's tough. Let me just encourage you, you're not gonna have to do this thing alone. By God's strength and by God's grace, he's gonna give you every bit of skills and encouragement you need. And one day we will celebrate the fact that that wall was built and you're gonna sit there and go, I did my little part and I didn't quit. And God did his part and he supplied the grace and the power and the strength. And together you're gonna make history because you are a Nehemiah. Come on, let's stay to our feet right now. And let's begin to cry out to God. Let's begin to go to Him. If you're weak, He'll make you strong. If you feel discouraged, He'll be your encouragement right now. Come on, reach out to Him. If you're tired, He will come through for you. He is greater inside of you than Him that's in the world. You will overcome Him. You have a great calling. You cannot go down. You've got to keep building. Come on, let's go after God together.
able to, to come in discouraged and that word was for you. So I'd love to just pray over you. God, thank you so much. Thank you that you look at us and you see a great calling. You see purpose. You see destiny, God. And I pray for people that walked in that are tired. They're weary. They're discouraged. They've just been doing the same thing, caught up in the mundane. God, I pray a refreshing over your people today. I pray that they would be reminded of the calling that you have on their life. They would be reminded that what they are doing, what they are a part of, what you have called them to is too big a deal to get distracted by other things. God, I pray that you would fix our focus and our eyes on you this week, that we would be so intentional about seeing the great calling you have on our lives, that we would not be distracted by anything else. And if you would keep your eyes closed and your head bowed, there's another group of people in the room, and it's maybe you've never given your life to Jesus before. You walked in and you're super discouraged, far from God. You've never started a real relationship with him. This is the first time maybe you're hearing about him or the first time that you're like, man, I, I want to start a relationship with him. It says in the Bible, God sent his son Jesus down, died on the cross to pay the price for our sins, our mistakes, just like we talked about earlier with communion. And then he rose again so we can have new life in him. And if that's you and you want to start a relationship with Jesus today, I'm going to count to three. And on the count of three, if you would just raise your hand, wave it at me, put it right back down, just as a sign that that's you just between you and Jesus. When I count to three, you raise your hand if you want to start a relationship with Jesus today. One, two, three, all across this room. Thank you, thank you. So many people, wow. It's the best decision you can make. What I'm going to ask is if you would repeat this prayer after me. We're all going to actually repeat this prayer, but if you raise your hand, you say this prayer right to heaven. Let me tell you, God's listening. So everybody repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus. Oh, come on. Say, Dear Jesus, today I make a decision to follow you. Forgive me of my past, my present, and my future. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I'm going to follow you for the rest of my life, all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we give it up for those people that just made that decision? It's the best decision you can possibly make. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com.